Coaches in the game, <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block, helmets casket is top. You be seeing helmet after helmet, helmet after helmet. First place, second place, fifth place, eighth place, twelfth place, fifteen, sixteen, twenty. So many helmets, you got blur vision, we got too many. Dick your tech. Oh man, shit. <laughs> they got us fucked up. Army, regroup. We pledge always to have that edge We don't fire warning shots Competition just dropped We locked and loaded before lock Whatever the time, yeah Do you even correlate? Being the best requires a willingness to outwork your competition There's always someone smarter, faster, sharper More naturally gifted to come around All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Geeks Vegas Lines DFS and Betting Lines Breakdown, where we go through the entire NFL Week 6 main slate from a daily fantasy and betting angles point of view. We're going to look at all the games. We're going to get on top of which ones we can target, and we're going to do all that great stuff. It is Wednesday, middle of the week, so um, we've got a lot of information in front of us. As always, we are presented by DFS Army. Of course, you go there to crush daily fantasy sports. Sign up as VIP, promo code GEEK, 20% off. In addition, we are sponsored by a great, great prop betting company called No House Advantage. You guys got to check this out. They can play props for cash. They're they're set up in tournament style, um, uh, GPP style games where you're going to pick from a number of different props. You can rank them. From one to five, with your favorite uh, prop being a uh, ranking of five. And we happen to have an awesome prop betting tool at DFS Army called the Prop Finder. You got to check this out. Actually, I will bring it on screen. It super helps with all with betting on props and, of course, betting on props through No House Advantage uh, tournaments. So make sure you check that out as well. You can see that. Hey, let me share my, my screen here uh, for those of you who are watching. And if you go to the DFS Army site, there is the prop finder tool, which you can click on right in the top bar. And that is absolutely accessible for everyone. It's one of the greatest tools I've ever seen for betting props and or understanding where props should be versus where they are. That's how you use it on a site like No House Advantage. Joining me as always, a daily fantasy superstar, but also a well-known and renowned sports better who heads up our NFL content team over at Sportsbet Army and has just been crushing tennis bets for some reason. I didn't know you were into tennis, bro, but seems like you're fucking killing it. That's John Statsational Alicia. What's up, John? What's going on, man? What, uh, we're, we're, getting, uh, we're getting deep into the season now, man. Starting to be able to trust some of these statistics. We are, and, and what we were just talking about off-air and, and what I wanted to mention was one of the great tools that we have uh, over at DFS Army is our power rankings tool provided by John as well. And this is really just a statistical look with, um, I want to call it a leveling out of the team biases. That's the best way I'm going to put it. At which teams are expected to score more points, uh, above average, uh, score less points above average offensively, defensively prevent scoring above or below average. So it's leveled off for the team competition. And one of the greatest tools we have, because the first thing I look at every week is I try to look at this 
offense passing versus minus defensive um, passing ratio to understand essentially which teams are the ones we want to target um, offensively. So, John, what are the two things we're looking for in in looking for like essentially defenses against or defenses to target with opposing offenses, right? What are the two things? We want, number one, teams that score a lot, right? So we want a good offensive team because they score a lot. Number two, we want teams that are bad on defense. So that's what leads to high-scoring games. Uh, is that essentially what we're trying to measure here, John? It's pretty simple. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. We're And it, on that power rankings, we, we're talking about that last column there, which is um, – Offensive passing minus defensive passing. That's just going to give you well. First, the the columns, each one, the offensive passing column, defensive pass, the same with the rushing, is going to show you above or below the average of the teams that they played. What what that team has done. So, if we're talking about offensive passing, take Kansas City at the thirty nine point oh five. There, um, that's a plus number. They've basically averaged um, more than they've averaged over thirty nine. Uh, yards per game over what defenses that they played have given up essentially so as we know Kansas City is a pretty good offensive passing team um, and then when you're looking at the defensive side a green number or the higher number positive number is going to be a plus so that's a team that actually holds down their opponents um, below the team average so, avoid. right yeah. so we want to avoid typically these teams that have these uh, when we're talking about the passing game teams that have a high number on that defensive passing side and a low number of course on the offensive passing side and then that last column what it's going to do is for each team it's just talent it's just adding those two things up so the higher the number the better typically for a game stack so there's uh, maybe some surprises in here and uh, some that we we kind of knew but what I've done now is I've taken off last year's um, statistics they're not tied to this anymore so we're seeing more of what's happened this year. So last year, I mean, we could go right to Buffalo right now, which Buffalo we've we've kind of labeled as really good defense, strong defense. Um, they were a team last year uh, where maybe running the ball with the quarterback a little bit, not not a whole lot of passing. Defense really clamped down on, on opposing passers. So far, that's not been the case this year. And um, it wasn't the case before last night's game either. Bro, but, I love the surprises on the list. This Looking number one, I've been waiting. So, guys, those of you watching at home, watching at home, up until this week, we've had a lot of statistics in this from last season. So it wasn't as predictive for me as as I like it to be. So I've been waiting for like week six to kind of switch over for all of our stuff this year only because there are John, there are surprises here. Buffalo's a great call. Who would have thought that Buffalo is a team to target? With offensive against last year, that was not the case. Um, there are some other ones that stand out. I think the biggest—I I don't know if it's the biggest shocker—but one of the best teams to target against has been the Jaguars. Well, that's not just target against. So this is the—that's the combined. So they've been—they've been really good in game uh, total game stacks. So not just the team they're playing, but but uh, they themselves. So yeah, Jacksonville yeah, is pretty high up there. These are games we want exposure to anytime a team is playing against Jacksonville we want to get both sides of that game because Jacksonville has apparently been scoring and they give up a lot of points um, Atlanta is an obvious one and they stand out of course uh, so we, we already kind of knew that but I mean Dallas 
we, we his spectacular team to target against. I mean, we're going to change all of that on, with the unfortunate um, injury to Dak. But, you know, I don't know that they drop off all that much with, with Dalton. I think they're going to be just fine. Um, Chargers are a shocker for me, John. Mm-hmm. Shocker. This is a team that was built on slow offense. <laughs> I love the Eber era. It's so nice because everything's changed. But they were built on playing slow, pounding the football, taking the full 40, you know, 30 second, 40 second clock, draining it down. And now, look, this is a team that's been scoring and getting scored against on the Eber era. It's a whole new world. And we don't have to be scared of taking teams against the, the Chargers, John. No, they're, they're right in the middle now. You talk about pace of play. Yeah, that that was their old kind of style, which is, uh, like you said, let's run clock, let's run the ball. Um, Rivers you know, I, era, man. I was just about to say, it's, it's it's pretty close to what Indianapolis is right now. Yeah. Um, but now they're they're right there. They're 14th in the league in pace, so they're right in the middle on both sides. They're like 13th on defense, 14th on offense. So this is a team that's in the middle and probably moving, trending towards – um, even quicker pace now that we've got uh, the uh, Herbert era beginning. The Eber era. Now, um, two more. I'm going to make Eber a thing. I'm going to force. Yeah. Them. Well, you, you make me say it, and then yes, and then I love I it. Yeah. <laughs> going to torture everyone. All right. There are two more teams that stood out just a little bit. Um, Raiders. Not a team in my mind that I said, oh, I need to target um, both sides of these games, but they have just been really, really good um, in terms of producing fantasy points. And also, I think maybe this might be the biggest surprise of them all is Cleveland. Cleveland is just not the team that I think of as like, oh, I want to get involved with whatever game they're in that week. But here they are. They're they're giving up. Everything's above average with them. Fantasy scoring has been above average, both for them and for their opponents. So really fascinating. I love that we move to this season exclusively. Let me find Tampa neutral. So when you're using this tool, guys, the FS Army VIPs who have access to this, when you're using this tool, you it's it's just really important. This will we have biases in our minds, and this is going to hopefully remove some of that bias from your head about who which teams produce great outcomes. And I'm going to give you a shocker to the other side, John. I think a lot of people think, oh, teams playing the Jets, Jets are fucking scrubs. Let's target the offense against them. But the reality has been that. Playing against the Jets has not produced above-average um, offensive fantasy performances. Now, why that happens, we can sit here and have a conversation about it. But we don't have to. Another thing is the the, the Red, Washington. Washington. You know, the Giants. We think, oh, the Giants are a scrub. Let's take whoever's facing them this week. They have not produced above-average fantasy outcomes for the entirety of the game or for really the offenses, but, but definitely for the entirety of the game. So it's, it's just important to note these things because we see jets, we see John, we see these scrub teams. We're like, all right, who's playing them? Let's get them. But that's not been the case. Another one uh, here that's been a little bit surprising, John, and I actually want you to explain why this is the case. Is how come Detroit has got a negative number? I mean, Detroit, what's going on here, man? They're, they're, in my mind, I want to play the team who plays against Detroit every week. That was the that was the plan last season, and now they're getting a negative number here. They're not a team that we should be targeting necessarily, or could this just be a little bit of noise? Like, what's going on here, John? It could be. I'm gonna have to look at uh, each individual game. It's really more on the on the uh, defensive side, but um, who have they played here? Quickly, I got to think off the top of my head. But we can we can take a quick look at lines opponents. 
Um, I don't think they've been good, but some of this should be smoothed out for, for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me let me bring it up real quick. But some of that should be smoothed out, you would think. Uh, you know, they played Chicago probably. Um, I don't actually remember. You know what? It's they did play Chicago week one. They played Arizona. Um, you know, you would have thought, yeah. I mean, those are teams that, I mean, especially Arizona. Let's see who else we've got with Detroit. So, yeah, you're, you're going to get the, uh, with the Chicago game, you're getting a, a Trubisky game in there. Uh, so that's going to weigh it down just a little bit. A Packers game. I mean, like, you know, Arizona, New Orleans. These offenses have been good. and and Which, um, which is why, you're, yeah, so the, these good offenses, they've just basically held pretty good offenses below what they've, what they've done. I mean, we haven't really seen uh, that I can think of uh, anyone against Detroit. I can't think of anyone who had a, who's had a monster game here against Detroit so far. Uh, um, I think season. that I think that Aaron Jones had a pretty good game. Against I'm talking Detroit. about from the uh, just from the past from the yeah from the example. passing yeah. side. Maybe not. It's been yeah. a little more running. Arizona only scored um, 26. Uh, I believe the Saints also uh, had two Le'Veon Bell touchdowns. Saint, that's uh, right. No, two uh, Lats Murray touchdowns. That's so it's right. been running backs that have been smashing them, not the passing game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They played the Saints and they and they had that big. Uh, that a big lead that they gave up against the Saints. So, yeah, it's been um, surprisingly they've been pretty good against the um, against the. You know, it's not a number that I would I would necessarily uh, be totally afraid of. No, uh, it's not a scary number. It's just but, you when I see uh, Detroit, I think, oh wow, this should be a real big positive number, and it hasn't. But I think that I think that you're right. This is a passing statistic, and and it's just been they've been a little more attackable uh, via the rush, which might show up here. Let's take a look at on the uh, actual matchup page. Let's see when we get to the lines. And I wasn't planning on diving too deep into individual teams. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like rushing yards for So it looks like with Detroit, you want to – they've kind of been a little weaker versus um, running backs here, and they're giving up above average yardage to the running back position. And, and I think it's just been also a case with them of just a little a little vultury where running backs have just seemed to snag a lot of those, those uh, scores against the, the Lions so far this season. Um, but nonetheless, that's not really why I don't want to dive too deep, but I wanted to more show the tool, explain how to use it. Um, and hopefully this removes some of our inherent biases about the games and who to target. And, and it opens our eyes up to some other potential games that we might not have thought about beforehand. So let's get right into it, John. The format of the show. We're going to look at four specific games that are going to be our core four for the week, the four most exciting games from a fantasy uh, and uh, perspective. I'm going to take a look at the fantasy side of things. Um, John will chime in with some betting angles as well and some thoughts on the daily fantasy side as well. So we'll go back and forth it. Um, after we do our core four of games, we will jump in and do a quick hitter uh, look at some of the rest of the games of the week. And one thing I wanted to note, is there's only 10 games on the main slate, so it's going to be less than we've had recently. Um, fewer games than usual, John. Um, seems like the first big-time week of buys uh, alongside some weird scheduling situations with the NFL has kind of created a pretty short week um, for games. It is, but um, this is good. I, I, it's kind of the, I, I don't like too many games. I like to having that you know 9 to 11 games is pretty... Uh... Is pretty nice to to work with. I I, pr I am to prefer that as well. So there we go. Yeah, it looks like we got three night games um, here. So you know we got an extra game pushed into sort of the 
one went 10 18 10 19 10 22 oh no i do think though the bills game was pushed off I, well we'll have to see what happens but yeah, anyway 10 10 22 is the uh that's the next thursday week's, next week yeah thursday, no i'm yeah. trying to think what happened with the bills game they played last night and that game's yes. gonna be pushed to when is that that's not do they push that game to like I'm, also prime time no uh the bills uh did they move? Yes, they moved that to Monday night. The that's that was Bills up. Kansas City, right? Oh, okay. So that's what I'm missing here on on screen. It hasn't right. been moved in. Yeah, because I'm like, I know there's a Bills game somewhere. So, all right, that's Monday night as well. All right, let's get right into it. We will go with the poor four. All right, and for those of you, again, watching this on the video feed via YouTube, number one, remember to like and subscribe. Always do that. Got to gotta, gotta like and subscribe to the channel. But um, what we are looking at here is the DFS Army uh, live odds page where you can get a look at all the odds for all the games. It's under uh, every sport has a live odds page uh, on our menu bar. So we're looking at... All of the games of the week, we can see the game total and the spread. And we can also compare odds across multiple books in our state. I've got this set to New Jersey. So the first game, John, we're going to take a look at here is the Texans versus the Titans. This one has a 53-point consensus uh, over under. And the Titans are coming in as three-point favorites. Now, John, I'm going to throw this over to you. Any betting angles here uh, that you could see Titans Coming off the really big game, they look great against the Bills uh, on Tuesday night. They're getting over the Rona. A.J. Brown is back. He looks spectacular. Um, Tannehill doing his thing. Texans, kind of like a bad team right now, but they fired the coach, and they've looked better offensively. So does anything stand out here uh, in terms of uh, betting angles for this home game for the Titans? Yeah, I think I think to most people they're going to look at this as a as a line that should be a little bit higher, or maybe even a lot higher, uh, depending on how you look at it. I w- I would think most people probably looked at this game and, and figured it would be closer to five or six as opposed to three. And this was uh, pretty much three and a half this morning, and now it's down to three. I think uh, if you looked at this maybe even two three hours ago, I think all the books had it at three and a half when I was looking at it. Um, this is uh, this is a game that sort of sets up. It, it's it's a sucker line. You'll hear me talk about the sucker lines all the time. This just screams to me sucker line, and especially since now the three and a halfs are now uh, showing as threes on screen. So this this is a game where Tennessee on a national nationally broadcast game last night looked phenomenal against a team that everyone was hyping. You had Allen as the front runner for MVP, and Tennessee pretty much the game was you know the game was fairly close, I guess, in the third quarter, but they were in control of this game the entire way. They wind up winning uh, winning the game quite easily so yeah this is uh from a betting standpoint i i think most people are going to be coming in as a matter of fact i know right now that most most uh tickets are coming in on tennessee uh the public is going to be on tennessee the suckers will definitely be in on tennessee i think the sharper side of this game is going to be houston dude if i know john statsational alicia and i do there will be a bet put out on the texans for this game over at Sports Bet Army, where you give out, where you tip your picks, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoiler it. But if I know John and I do, I would expect it. So we'll see what happens. 
But yeah, I, man, I, I feel you. Whenever it looks kind of like so obvious, you almost have to go the other way because the betting public is wrong most of the time and we want to be on the sharp side. So um, I love that piece of advice. From a daily fantasy perspective, I love that you're going to like the Houston side because one of the beautiful things about the Texans is they don't score via the run very often. David Johnson only has two touchdowns on the season. It's We're five games in, guys. No other running back is scoring for them. And this has been the history of, of the Texans, really. They, they don't score very often via the run, which is why Deshaun Watson has had um, such a great fantasy performing um, record in history, even though, you know, especially like this season where he's down one of his elite weapons in the passing game, you know, they still have enough to do it and they've still been doing it as they need to. And Deshaun can run one in. So I love this game. This I believe is my favorite game from a fantasy perspective of the week, John. I love Deshaun Watson here. Um, Brandon Cooks bounced back week last week. We talked about it on the show. You always go back to the guy who gave you the dud, the zero the week before in DFS. And wow, did it work. Brandon Cooks, 33 fantasy points. That was the uh, that was one of the best stacks, and and Cooks was in a good chunk, the majority of uh, lineups that cashed, I believe, in the in the Millie. Cooks Cooks was in there. Um, at a, he might have been the the highest wide receiver, only because uh, the two guys who went absolutely crazy, nobody owned. So I think Cooks was the was the number one receiver owned in uh, in GPPs. So yeah, yeah, we talked about him. He disappointed me two weeks ago. I had him in uh, I had him in some high stakes lineups, but. Um, and, and that was a game we liked and you couldn't pull the trigger. But, but, but here's the thing, like I had him. So when it feels a little scared, we liked the game. You know, I, we talked up Brandon cooks. I, you know, I had him in my Deshaun Watson stacks because you needed that. You, a, it helped with the salary savings. It helped me get off of like, uh, Zacchaeus chalk, which didn't seem that great, more of a cash play. So I had it, and it would have been one of the best calls of the week if it wasn't for Chase Claypool coming in and foiling everything with his crazy four-touchdown uh, miracle performance after Deontay got hurt. But, um, yeah, great stuff. Same thing. I mean, the Texans, you really don't have to mess with their running back situation at all. What do you think of David Johnson? He looks, yeah, he don't look right to me. Yeah, I'm, we're getting to that point now where I think you you've got – You've got to get you've got to get rid of the expectations that you had before the year, especially if you had high expectations before the year for a player. We've if we've got now five weeks, uh, just about everyone's got their got five games under their belt now, um, and and you see that the usage and how they're using that player is just not what we anticipated before the season. You, you've got to really jump off here. Um, the David Johnson situation. I mean, I was I was fairly high on David Johnson. I thought that was a really good spot last week. Um, for him, and um, you know, it just hasn't, it just hasn't panned out, and that's been Houston's just been a place for years now where running backs have gone to die in fantasy. So, um, yeah, this is not, it's, it's not necessarily a week that I'm, I'm going to be high on, uh, on Johnson, but of course, no. on the Tennessee side, we're always, we're always pretty high on their, on their running side, and this is a pretty good game. Well, I mean, what, what I was Houston. just going to say is, as much as Houston is a place where <laughs> offensive running backs on their team go to die. It's a place where opposing running backs go to have a fiesta. They've been one of the worst run defenses in the National Football League this season. And this week, they get a date 
with Derrick Henry, who just made Josh Norman his bitch on on uh, Monday night on Tuesday, Wednesday night. I don't know what the fuck it was. Tuesday night football. Did you see that? So two touchdowns for Derrick Henry. Just another, eh, just another day for him. This is the spot against this Tennessee de- uh, against this Houston defense where we might see the 180 yard two touchdown performance assuming that the game remains close throughout and with the uh, again even though we think that Houston can cover the spread here and it's a sucker bet or whatever you know i don't think that means that Houston is coming in here and blowing out the Titans to where they have to stop running the football so you got to love Derrick Henry in this spot. It it is a it's a unicorn on on paper. You can't ask for a better situation at home against the worst rush defense or one of the worst in the National Football League for Derrick Henry. Might not work, but you can't ask for a better situation. Um Now this what is doing those spots, John. I mean, yeah, this this, this is the roof here. Absolutely. This is um I you know, running back situations can be tricky when we've had a few this year where, you know, we've had some maybe low cost guys who are, who are really chalky. I like when you've got the the expensive chalk guy because I can plug it. I like in this situation here, when I look at the stats, I look at uh, Houston, they're like we, we could look at the raw numbers and the yardage and you can look at my numbers there. And, and you see, I think they rank maybe fourth or fifth worst defense against the run. Obviously, Tennessee is one of the top uh, rushing offenses. And then. Sometimes I want to all dig a little deeper into line play, offensive line play, just to see are, are the numbers, do the numbers uh, match up what I'm seeing in other statistics. I mean, yeah, and Houston's like 10th or 11th in um, in actual, con- before they get uh, yards per contact on rushes, meaning they're hitting, they're actually getting the first hit on the running back further down the field than, than uh, two-thirds of the, uh, of the teams in the league, which is not good news. So if you're hitting... You know, if you're giving uh, Derrick Henry a little bit of uh, head of steam and he's he's getting into your second layer of defense, um, it can make for a huge day. So yeah, I, I mean, all signs point towards towards having Derrick Henry on on uh, on that side of the game. Um, is it possible? Do we want to? You know, because we we might like the Houston. I mean, I know we're going to like the Houston pass catchers in this game. You could possibly go with a Henry, um, Watson, and Fuller or Cook or, or whichever side you want to go with in, in this. I this is absolutely I think you could do that. Yeah, I absolutely see that as probably the most common stack and 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 the most viable stack in the game. And then you could take a look also at AJ Brown, who is back and better than ever. Looks spectacular. Um Jonu Smith, there's a lot of there's a lot of weapons on both sides of this game that are going to be exciting to play. Um and if it does play out as a high-scoring game, which which it projects to do, I mean, the Tennessee side, one of the nice things is, like I said, they only really throw to a couple of the guys. Um, they have a very tight offensive scheme. So, you know, Henry, it's going to be A.J. Brown. Uh, all these other guys got the Rona anyway, so they probably won't play. I don't know I don't know how, like, you know, Corey Davis and, and Anna Humphreys, I don't really care um, how, how, you know, how their Corona recovery is. I think if those guys come back, they're, they hurt Jonah Smith the most potentially in this game, but you know, AJ Brown's going to be there as well. Houston side, they only throw to two guys. I mean, it's like a very tight offense, two or three with Fells, if he's in or Aikens, the, the tight end. And then it's just cooks and, and, and fuller. I mean, they don't really do that much else. Cobb yeah. a little bit. 
you know what's a little surprising too is just because you think of the way Tennessee plays, but they're one of the fastest uh, paced teams right now this this season. Um, I don't think people might ever they're they're playing at the fourth uh, fourth quickest pace this year, and Houston's right up there with them. So this is a game that's why you're going to see um, a high total in this game. You've got weak um, again. Tennessee's defense not as strong as it was, um, or as we may think it, or we as we may think it to be, and um, you know with a quick pace in this game, that's why we're seeing the, the total over at uh, fifty three and a half. So, yeah, this and and again, it's a, it's an oddity, but Henry's one of those backs where in a high scoring game, uh, and we like these, we we like the favorites, we like favorite running backs. Um, we want home favorite running backs. Favorite. I mean, we, we it's like the that. unicorn. It's yeah. the unicorn. We can't ask for better. Sometimes the unicorn doesn't pay off, but it's this the unicorn. Going to have a hard time thinking that uh, that Henry's not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he might not be the high scorer on the week, but he's going to. He'll be one of the top three scorers this week. He on, should uh, have for a good running, game. for running back. No doubt. Yeah, he should have a good game. All right, let's go to core play number two. Falcons at Vikings. All right, so John, this Falcons Viking game uh, comes in at a 54 and a half point game total, with the Vikings set up as three and a half point home favorites. Now, I'm going to tell you my my sort of layman's public thought here. Looking at the line, is you know Vikings at home should be favored by more than three and a half against the Falcons. The Falcons kind of suck. They did fire their coach. They did fire. Let me tell you. All right, hold up, hold up. I got a fucking rant. I can't even remember his name right now. Oh, oh, Dimitrioff. I've been railing about Dimitrioff ever since these guys were on uh, the HBO show. Hard Knocks. Ever since these guys were on Hard Knocks. Dimitrioff only wanted to talk about his hobbies that weren't football related, and that disgusts me. It disgust- I want my GM to live and breathe football. I don't want him to be a renaissance man. Okay, he's been a terrible fucking GM to this team because he doesn't care exclusively about football. You should live and breathe football if you're going to be the GM. I don't want to hear about your trips to Broadway, about your interest in fishing. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear about any of that. And that's what Dimitrov. He had way too many other interests. Not a good um, GM at all. And he's hired terrible coaches for this. He's ruined. These guys have ruined. All right, uh, this, this isn't relevant. This isn't relevant. These guys have ruined the Falcons. like, And they've abused the loyalty of Arthur Blank, who is one of the most incredible human beings. And and they've they've abused it. Shame. Shame on you, Dimitrioff. You should have harikarried yourself a long time ago. You shouldn't have made a beautiful man, Arthur Blank, fire you. Sorry. I just shouldn't have... I have strong feelings about that. Shame. Shame. <laughs> worst coaching. I don't know who was worse, Quinn or the guy before him. All right. Let's talk about this game, though. So whenever a team fires the whole staff, usually they get a little jolt of electric, John. But, man, I want to bet the, I want to bet the Vikings here. Three and a half points? What the fuck? Yeah, well, you, you, and, the, you and the rest of the world. I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm a fish. Like, and I, because... it's, again, that's it's definitely a sucker game. The sucker games don't always lose. Sometimes I'm on the side of the sucker games. Um, 
but this is again, this is a, a, the the sucker line, the square line, as we'll call it, uh, or the square side here on this game is definitely going to be on the Vikings. I think uh, the majority of the public is confused by this line. I, I'll say this to you all the time: if you're confused by the line, you're probably wrong. Um, well, I hate this about sports betting that the minute I feel like, oh man, I got it, you're telling me always do the opposite of that, which well, really kind of pisses me off. It's yeah, it's not necessarily just do. It's not always just do the opposite. It's just do the opposite on the obvious ones. You know, if you're playing a pick'em pool, don't pick the opposite of what you think because most of these games are really close. But when you see a line that just doesn't make any sense, go ahead and go again. Go against it in your in your office pick'em pool, and you'll probably do better than you uh, than you normally would. This one makes those. no sense to me. I, you know, I thought the Vikings actually maybe turning things around defensively as well. They started off the season just absolutely horrific. Um, one of the worst in the league, and so I'm I'm even worried about using uh, power ranking numbers to uh, to judge. But let let let's take a look at the power ranking numbers here, and what what it's showing us is, I mean, it shows bad, it shows bad. It shows Atlanta lots of passing yardage, probably more rushing yardage than I would have definitely thought Atlanta capable of, considering you know they're rushing out. Gurley, who looks, looked, you know, admittedly looked pretty good last week and, and um, you know, had a big game and whatever. In this game, though, the offense of Minnesota just projects really, really well across all of it. Um, I love Alexander Madison this week. And I have to say, guys, Alexander Madison is Dalvin Cook. It's the same thing. Don't think that there's a drop-off here. There really isn't. And when I say that, I mean he's a run, he's going to get all the touches in a in a high-powered offense that produces points to the running back. Give me a DFS angle on this, John. Madison is priced up like a like a stud. He did not come in neither site. They all waited. I feel like it's for the Madison deal. They all waited to find out that Dalvin Cook was out. Dalvin Cook is out, by the way, guys. So Alexander Madison, I think. They priced him up like a stud. So the question is, is the DFS public going to find it hard to pull the trigger on a backup thrust into a starting role that is priced as a stud starter in a perfect matchup, though? Or will they just play the shit out of him because, hey, Minnesota produces points to the running back, and now this is the only guy. They don't even have a Madison to vulture his touchdowns. But he is the vulture. Yeah, you're going to see... A very similar ownership to what Cook uh, would have been here. I've heard, I've actually heard some some people uh, this morning um, a little concerned with uh, how many pass catches he's going. Is, is he going to get the same amount of targets in the passing game as Cook has got? I, I'm fairly confident he will. I don't um, know. You worried about that? Who yeah. are you going to throw to? Fucking Mike Boone. I mean, exactly. That's that's what. The, and 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 I like I said, I, I actually heard that uh, that concern today because he hasn't historically gotten. Um, as many targets uh, in the past game. I just think if you watch the games, just watching him, he he looks every bit as good as as Cook does in that offense. And and without I also have to down, say, visually yeah. they're identical. It's actually kind of annoying. Well, it is annoying because yes, when I'm when I'm looking for Cook in uh, in DFS, I I generally th- you know because they both got like the uh, they got they got the dreads hanging out from underneath. They're the, vi- uh, they're they're visually identical in their <laughs> yeah. uniform. I'm just yeah. like, is that Cook scoring? Oh shit. I know the, the, hair, got it. the hair's no. covering the the hair's covering the name. I, I I can never remember the numbers. Yeah, it screws me up all the time when I got uh, multiple games going on with with no with no uh, volume. But 
but yeah, in this in this instance, um, Madison's going to be he'll be a popular play. He'll be just as popular as uh, as Cook would be in this instance. And I'm I'm glad that they priced it correctly. I hate when it's mispriced. If he was down in that backup uh, pricing range, I mean, it kind of ruins the slate for me. Even even Fanduel, who yeah is not known for adjusting salaries really quick. Even they, and they, they didn't move him to the correct amount, but they moved him up to a level where you can't just, it, it's not like an autoplay. Uh, it, it, I, I want a lock button a player like this. What I would do if Dalvin, if, if Madison was priced in the 5Ks on, on DraftKings or even low six, but in the 5K level, if he's in the sixes, the low sixes, high fives on Fandle, that's a lock button. That's where I hit the lock button on the optimizer and make my 150. John, you make your 450 or however many fucking lineups you make. And it's like this guy is in all of them right now. We can't necessarily play him in every single lineup that we make because he's priced like a real player. There are other good running backs that are salaried about the same. Um, but I do love me I, some. Yeah, I will, I, I'll say he's definitely for me. He's the best option in this game. Um, on both sides of the ball, even though I do like I do like the pass catching in this game, but similar to that last game, um, I think the the locks so far have been you know Henry and Madison are lock type of players. I, I just love the matchup for both of them, uh, but I do like pass catchers in this game as well. Um, Absolutely, um, Atlanta side Ridley. I, I, I'm not a I'm not a Julio guy anymore. I'm off the Julio bandwagon completely. That well, dude's hammy. The thing with the game yeah, anymore. you've got to be you got to be worried with the hamstring. The thing with Julio was. Listen, he got you a ton of points without scoring touchdowns, right? He's not going to get you those same numbers anymore. He's not going to get the same number of catches and yards and probably not going to increase his touchdowns any. There's no reason to see he's going to increase touchdown production. So I think his his upside now is really hindered um, on the Julio side. So I think we I think you're right. We've got to get on the uh, on the Ridley bandwagon yeah. here. Ridley is the guy. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Gage. He he has not looked great this season. Um, I'm happy not to have to worry about Zacchaeus uh, this week again. But um, you know, with Gage, he hasn't looked that great either. I have to have to be honest. I liked him at the end of last season. Got him on a lot of my best ball teams. Has uh, not uh, produced, but I think that could turn around. But it, it's really hard. They priced him up to a point where I find uh, that he's uh, getting close to unplayable. Uh, I'll say weeks. it's it's tough watching some of these older quarterbacks and Ryan being one of them. Uh, when they just when they get pressure on them, I mean these guys just can't move. Like they never go. they never could move when they could move, and now they really can't move. Him uh, and watching Brady. Brady was painful. Watching watching Ryan is painful here at times. Uh, Rivers same same boat. You know watching some of these guys is painful. So it but but if you don't if you get them against a team that's not going to put a lot of pressure on them, uh, you know Ryan can still put up uh, big time numbers with those wide receivers. So I I, feel, I do like them in this game. I, I like game stacks here. I, I'm I'm. I'm not like as in love with either quarterback in this game, to be honest. I think Minnesota has a definite path to like having the running backs and, steal all the touchdowns. Uh, agreed. Atlanta has given up, though. They are the worst team uh, uh, quarterback passer rating on defense by far. Um, so they're they're giving it up. Their quarterback rating is one seventeen point seven. They're giving up to quarterbacks. They're, they're getting torched. Rating. They're getting torched by so they're they're capable. Minnesota's capable. Of put and and Thielen would be that guy if you're going to stack it. I think you know you're going to go with with uh, the Thielen side. I think he's in a really good matchup in this one. So uh, there there's some options here where, that you can stack. Absolutely, and, and I also think that um, on the Minnesota side that uh, Jefferson has looked really good, deep ball threat. 
Um, priced up a little bit on on um, on DraftKings in particular, but on FanDuel still still basically priced as a turd. And and I like I like him quite a bit uh, in this game on the Minnesota. He's a big play guy. He's like a Darius Slayton from the Giants, where you know the the offense doesn't have to go bananas, and he could still do it because he's he's getting all of the deep uh, plays. Thielen's playing his usual role, which is much more possession and much more PPR and scoring touchdowns. He he smashes. But uh, you've got Jefferson now, who is some of the biggest air yard shares in the NFL and, you know, 20 plus yard targets. So he's a really, really good play as well. Um, I don't I don't know that we need to talk about any more on this game. I really like it. Uh, Atlanta, Minnesota, you're going to load them up. Uh, Madison, uh, again, I'm not doing the girly thing. I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I'm staying on that horse. Even if he had a good game last, I'm just staying on it. I don't know why. I don't like his. I don't like his snap counts. I, I don't like the 50 percent, and he's priced up a, after a couple of good weeks. I'm just going to be off of it and hope that he fails. So that's it for that one. Let's move on to the next game in the core for Lions at Jaguars. All right. The Detroit Lions travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars as three and a half point favorites with a monster 54 and a half point game total. John, it's a lot of high game totals, man. This is another one. Uh, 54 and a half points. Close game. High scoring. It's got all the sexy things we want in a game to target for daily fantasy purposes. But let me ask you about some betting angles here. So does anything stand out here? about this line to you just in general lions being road favorites uh jaguars kind of like up and down team here uh, they're at home anything stand out here from a betting p- point of view yeah i think um at least from the public standpoint detroit here um is where all the money is is, is going to be the detroit side of this game um jacksonville doesn't is not getting a ton of respect um Especially coming off the uh, the poor performance last week, so I think we're going to see a lot of the uh, a lot of play. I'm I'm not going to be on this game, but we're going to see most of the public really like Detroit. Um, I don't particularly like it if I'm given that extra hook there, the three and a half. Um, would like it a little bit more at three, maybe maybe lower, but not a game for me. But you will see. I think most of the public is going to like that game, but it's another one of those games where high total as far as DFS goes, high total, uh, tight spread. Uh, those are the games you like to look at to target. Although we've got to we got to make one note, you know, fifty is the new forty-seven. So yeah. so it's you know these games are like three points more scoring per game. So we're look we've got to take it with a grain of salt when we see a just because the game's fifty fifty one that's only slightly above average now uh, compared to where uh, you know where the league was just a year ago. Absolutely, and and taking a look at the power rankings models. Interestingly, nothing like stands out super on this game. And, and we kind of covered that before where Detroit actually has not necessarily been an automatic, hey, let's let's just target everybody against them team. But the Jacks the Jaguars have been. So you've got like two opposing forces working against one another. Matt Stafford has yet to have a big game this season. When I was analyzing this game, Stafford just hasn't had that big game. You know, we're week six. One thing to note has been Galladay has been out for most of the season. He's back now, and he's the absolute primary weapon. Marvin Jones Jr. has just not had a, a very good year at all. So it's understandable why Stafford hasn't gotten there. 
but could it be could this be the time uh, Detroit really doesn't run the football I guess they do maybe maybe having Adrian Peterson there has kind of like diminished things and slowed things down uh, you know he's a style of runner he's actually been successful enough it's kind of annoying that it's it's held down the Detroit passing game a little bit I mean I love Galladay here that's uh, for sure Galladay is I think Galladay is just in a great spot um, in this game so I would uh, this is another game that I'm going to like on, on both sides. Do you like some of the options on Jacksonville side? So we got to see what's going on with uh, with Shark in this game uh, before we start really being able to break it down. But but I think uh, Shark playing or not just going to change on which direction we go. But this is a very stackable game, uh, very good game, stackable game. I don't necessarily like the like you said. I don't love the the options on the Detroit side as far as uh, running the ball. Um, you know, we could take. Uh, Jacksonville running the ball should have some success against uh, Detroit. So I so can't we'll, we'll mess with. There. I'm not messing with Detroit running back. Period. No, ever. I can't do it. No, no. But you know, James Robinson, he looks great. I mean, he's he's not getting as much of of like the goal line work as I maybe I I want in terms of a touchdown score. But like you know, he looks great. They throw to him. Um, he is in the game the whole time, and and you know some of these games for Jacksonville they've been blown out. So if this game stays close, they're at home. Yeah, you gotta like you gotta like Robinson here, and and the it, that does vent out here in the, um, in the in the model, but also just our knowledge and our discussion previously of the Lions, where you know if you just look at their games, it was Aaron Jones, it was um, Latavius Murray putting up numbers on them. So it was these types of running backs that are smashing through. Uh, around the goal line against them. And so, you know, maybe more of that will continue. So I like, you know, on the Detroit side, it's just Kenny Galladay for me, for the most part, I guess you can throw in a little Hawkinson who's been just overpriced all season for the production on the Jaguar side. I don't know what's going on with their wide receiver. Like with no Chark, there's just not a lot of excitement for me. If Chark isn't in, I don't really like Keelan Cole all that much. I don't even know who the other wide receiver is. Who's the other wide receiver for, for Jacksonville? Chenault. LaVisca Chenault. has been all right. So LaVisca Chenault's been like more of a um, kind of a value play most of the season, getting getting a, a consistent 15 fantasy points per game. You know. He, he's getting targeted per route on a percentage basis. Higher Now, Chark hasn't been in all there, but on a percentage basis, he's been targeted 21%. Uh, per route, so he's getting the targets, and his fantasy points per target are the same as as Chark. So, um, you know, he he will definitely be an option in this game, regardless whether Chark uh, plays or not. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it could be a situation where we'd rather have Chark. You know, we we talk about that a lot, having the the number one guy. But this this is a game. You've got two up tempo teams. You've got two teams that are in the top ten in uh, offensive pace. So again, that leads to more scoring, uh, more plays. And that's those are the kind of things that we like. We want, we definitely want up tempo. Um, I don't think we look at that enough. You know, we look at that a lot in, in NBA. We don't look at it enough in the uh, in the NFL. But these are two up tempo offenses. More plays, more chance for fantasy points. Game pace is super super important. All right, let's move on to the final of the core four games for the week. I'm going to actually switch up our transition in this one. Check it out. Get ready for it. But we've got the Browns. Taking on the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. 
switched it up on you. Yes, I like it. All right. It's good. <laughs> I love these things, man. Keep them coming, guys. <laughs> they don't realize. These guys send me these things, and I'm like, yeah, I'll play it. All right. Browns, Steelers, 51-point total. Steelers, three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Now, John, I was really surprised. I, I, was, I was legitimate. I was very surprised to see this game show up as an over 50 point game and and to make the the core four and we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the show how cleveland and and pittsburgh have kind of produced higher fantasy outcomes than what we might have expected so far this season pittsburgh to me in my mind they're a very aggressive blitzing defense and maybe that's part of what has led to this they're very aggressive they blitz the quarterback at a very very high rate they, they generate pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and they've been one of the best run defenses in the National Football League going back a couple of seasons. But we just saw them get torn up by Miles Sanders. Well, that Miles Sanders really one run. Um, I think he had one run for like Yeah, 70, it was one kind of like yeah, breakout run that happens. Yeah. Other than that, they really had him contained. They had him contained pretty good. So, you know, I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. But, um, but yeah, the uh, – I'm looking at your thing, Pittsburgh. Do you've I have got that wrong a, you've on got there? An error uh, in here, but I've Cleveland got an Pittsburgh. error. Yeah, I got to fix. I got to fix the ball. There we go. We discover on screen, but I Baltimore, yeah, Pittsburgh, Cleveland is projecting for a lot of rushing yards. So, so like, Cleveland's a big time running team, and I assume that their high level of yard totals in general is part of this. But they're projecting for a lot of rushing yards in a game where it's going to be all uh, all cream. No, no, it's all cream. Well, they're they're projecting so high just because they've done so well. Yeah. Um, so they're I believe they're the number one rushing uh, team that I have on my rankings um, so far. So, yeah, the, it's they're they're running the ball really well, and they're they're kind of there's an emphasis on the run with them as well. So, you know, they're not doing a whole lot with Baker. I mean, he's lucky to throw 200 yards in a game. He's he's almost, you know, and certainly in this matchup, you're not going to use him at all here. I don't want to use. Uh, you know, maybe on an individual basis, I could use OBJ in, in, in as an individual plug-in, but I, probably I, not at that price. It, uh, it, that I considered it. Yeah, yeah I, I was doing. I already have my sheet already, kind of like half mostly done. I was like, you know, I I stared long and hard at o, Odell, man. I really did, and I I could not put the, pull the trigger on him to even get him in my player pool. He's just not getting enough target. Yeah, it, really like I said, his his game. We talked about it last week. Uh, that big game that he had against Dallas was a bit unusual. Uh, you know, one trick play. It was actually two trick plays. You know, trick play pass from the from the uh, from Landry, and then he had the the run on a whatever it was, a reverse or whatever whatever uh, he ran there for fifty yards. So that took up a bulk of the of the um, that took a bulk of the points. That was two touchdowns. You know, it was just one of those games. Um, I'm having a hard time with this Cleveland offense really loving their passing. Uh, the passing options, just because they're just not focused on it, and and in this game, I I, I do think you know we're going to get a heavy dose of Hunt here, so um, I'm fine with Hunt. Um, I know we don't like to necessarily target uh, uh, Pittsburgh, but they haven't been great defensively. That's why we're seeing this total where it is, um, you know. And if you look at my numbers, we just based it off of this year. I'm looking at a 56 point total in this game as opposed to 51. So that's just strictly based off of the numbers this year. Now that's partially. Cleveland putting up uh, some pretty – Cleveland's put up a lot of points. Um, and they've done it without passing the ball, which is tough. Uh, but similar to what Tennessee's done in the past. So 
Um, like I said, with that said, yeah, we've got a high total in this game. Again, we've got that three, three and a half point spread, um, which does look a little, this is another game that kind of screams sucker bet, um, on the favorite side. I think a lot of people think Pittsburgh's just a lot better. I think Cleveland's just better than, than people think. Um, and I know, I know there's going to be sharp play here on, uh, there's going to be some sharp money on Cleveland this week. Um, I, I just think, I think Pittsburgh's a little bit over, um, overvalued and I think Cleveland's undervalued here. So from a betting perspective, that's that's the side I'm looking at. All right, so let's talk Pittsburgh for a minute. Chase Claypool. I I did mention him last week. Uh, did you? <laughs> I did, I didn't I didn't remember mentioning him, but someone did bring it up to me. Did Did you have him in your player pool? No, which so it doesn't count because <laughs> yeah, no. uh, I said the only way. Well, we were talking about players in the in the game, and the only reason I brought up uh, Claypool was how well he was doing on a on a points per route basis. Uh, but it just wasn't a game that we, we were particularly interested in, so I did not use any. I didn't use any uh, Pittsburgh stacks, and certainly didn't use any Philly stacks. But if you if if you were going to uh, use them, you know he was he was an option. I did win my uh, I did win my head to head with you because uh, Deontay. Deontay. I mean, he got injury, hurt, man. How because of his fair? injury. Yeah, How Juju was fair? terrible. Juju was terrible, like six point eight points. But uh, yeah, Claypool is actually a thing. I mean, by, by the way, that's an honorable loss. That that yeah. that. That's an honorable loss. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fuck Juju. Juju is a for I like Juju Smith. He's not the guy that we thought. He's priced completely incorrectly for yes. what he's done for like the last two and a half seasons. He, he so, he's not their number one guy. No, he's existing on reputation and and people continue to roster him. See, let me explain a little something about the DraftKings and FanDuel, but DraftKings salary algorithm. Part of it is player demand. So Basically, DraftKings looks at it and goes, hey, if this guy's getting rostered 12%, 10%, 8% in the 6K range, why would we lower it? We're just going to keep it here. Un- unless Until his rostering goes down to like 2 or 3, and then they say, all right, the, the field has picked up on the fact that this guy is not the main guy, and now we could drop him where he belongs, probably in the high 4 you know, to early, uh, low, low, low 5K range, right? Um, Claypool, everybody said, hey, what, what about Claypool? Claypool had two big games so far this season, both of which were when Deontay Johnson came out of the game with an injury. I do believe, though, that last week's performance cannot be ignored. So now we're not going to know usages. I do think James Washington probably should be demoted, assuming that Deontay comes back. And if not, you have to look at Chase Claypool as the number one. If Deontay does not play... I think Claypool is is pretty is pretty much a slam dunk here. If he's going to be in the game the whole time, he's gonna he's gonna do some damage, man. This kid seems to have incredible talent. I would agree with you uh, on that. Juju is not their number one guy, so you have to get that out of your head now. Um, even though I did beat you on that bet, just because I, I don't accept even. that. I but don't accept it. I do agree with you. It's not uh, you know, it, 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 this is not Juju. This is not the guy anymore. And Claypool. I like when you uh, so before the season, <coughs> excuse me, before the year, Claypool was a really deep uh, sleeper. People, as far as fantasy goes, people didn't I have like Claypool. He, he I is drafted on him. my dynasty team. I want to be clear, and I've just yeah. elevated him Th- this morning. I elevated Claypool and my dynasty team from the uh, you know that little squad where you hold players that mm-hmm. you draft that you can't use. I took him out of the practice squad or whatever you call it. And he's now on my uh, he's on my real in my roster, not even on the bench. 
when when I see those type of players actually start to perform, um, that you know that's a good sign for me because this is someone that we had some expectation for, had talent, and now it's now it's uh, you know so it's not someone who came out of nowhere per se. Yeah, no, a talented guy, a rookie, looked great, um, got overlooked because. Not because he didn't look like an incredibly talented kid. It's because you looked at the Steelers and he said, well, they got Deontay Johnson. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, you got James Washington yeah, over there. Yeah. And th there's not going to be a place for him. Um, very similar to Gaby Davis from the um, Bills, where you kind of looked at the Bills and go, well, they got a lot of players on that team. Not really sure this kid has a spot right now. But, you know, the injury to John Brown and all of a sudden it's Gabriel Davis. Hey, man, how you doing? Rookie, yeah. rookie um, wide receiver. So um, I love those situations. Gotta love it. Gotta love it here. And it, it, it's it's the opposite of what we were talking about earlier when I said, you know, if you have expectations for a player uh, like a Drake or something like that coming into the year, and then you're just not seeing it. It's not necessarily uh, performance all the time. It's use. You know, usage is more important than than especially or anything back. else. Usage especially running back. It's, opportunity. It's, it, it, opportunities are are everything in this game. So, you know, if you're not seeing teams you utilize players the way we thought they were. Of course, that's going to be, you know, by the time we get to week six here, you've got to take that into account. You just can't keep beating your head against the wall on these players. And then the flip on that is a guy like Claypool, where you say, this is a guy who was being talked about. He was a deep sleeper, uh, you know, deep sleeper type of pick. And like you said, he was just stuck on a team maybe where he was, uh, you know, he had, there was four, there was three other options. They could kind of bring him along slowly. Well, if the talent comes out and it shows its, it, you know, it shows its head, then you've got to respect that uh, here. So I would uh, I would agree with you here. I, I, if you're going to stack Pittsburgh and if you're going to use a Pittsburgh stack, um, certainly Claypool would probably be the number one uh, guy. Although I don't necessarily, I don't know if I'm in love with this uh, with this matchup as much as I am with some of the others. Well, again, if I'm believing uh, if I'm believing my power rankings, and I do, um, Pittsburgh is projecting for 295 passing yards which is yeah. one of the highest on the slate. Actually, I believe the highest on the slate on a be. passing game performance uh, outside of, you know, when we get yeah, into the, the Dallas, crazy... That's the night, the night game, yeah. Yeah, outside of that. But, I mean, they are projecting for the most passing yards on the slate. And on the flip side of this, I do want to mention it as part of this game. So I, I do. I want to get a piece. I don't think I'm going to be... I'm not a Ben Roethlisberger guy. He's too old. Um, and I, I just don't roster these old quarterbacks anymore. I, I don't like their abilities... Of, of scoring giant scores. They just are slow and they can't move. And, and I mean, I kind of feel a little bit the same about Matt Ryan, but I continue to roster him. But like, you know, the last time we've seen a Ben Roethlisberger tournament winning performance, you know, I still had all, I didn't have any gray hair. I mean, it, it's been a while. So I, <laughs> I, 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 all right, I don't want to rip on myself too hard, but I didn't have any gray hair. That's how long it's been. And the and the other thing, the other angle for this game for me before we move on to the lightning round and, and bust through the rest of these games, I think Cleveland defense is worth a sniff here. Okay, they're a better defensive team than they get a lot of credit for. And Roethlisberger is very sackable. You know, he stands there like a statue. He does wait to throw the football. I think Cleveland defense is worth a sniff, John. What do you say? Uh, I think just they are strictly from the fact that they they can get to the passer, and that's what we look at. Uh, I want I want quarterback. I like quarterbacks who have a little bit more of a uh, turnover. Um, yeah, no, it's not my favorite ability. But, but I think, yeah, it's not like hey, I want to. 
I, I just think that no one will have them. And you could turn over, Ben. You can strip sack him. You could take a fumble away from him. Like, there are paths to Cleveland defense doing okay here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like getting, I like teams with and, and Cleveland puts pressure on the quarterback, I think, just about as well as anybody in the league. So they're not as great um, in the secondary, but that's fine. When we're looking when we're looking at defenses in DFS, again, throw the points out the window. The points don't correlate. Don't look at uh, to- team totals or totals on the games. It just does not correlate well to points being scored. Sometimes it works out, uh, like last week with, with Baltimore, but that's not always the case. Uh, we're looking for can you pressure the quarterback, and Cleveland can. Um, actually, both teams in this game really pressure the quarterback well, so both sides of this game. Miles, will, Miles will Garrett defensive. will rip your fucking head off, man, and he'll he, smash he, you with his helmet. He will. He will do he'll that. He'll stomp on it. But I can see both. Uh, the, the only thing you don't like, on the Cleveland side is they don't throw it a lot. So I, I love having defensively, you love having a team playing against, a, um, you, you like to have a team that throws the ball quite a bit playing against a team that gets really good pressure on the quarterback. Um, especially with a quarterback who has, um, who has shown the, the, uh, the ability to, to turn the ball over uh, yeah, quite a Pittsburgh bit. Side. So, yeah, the, so again, exactly. It's, it's one of the reasons why the fact that this is one of the higher game totals of the slate was surprising for me because I look at both of these teams a little bit as really good defensive teams and ones that I I don't tend to um, look to target teams against. I don't know that I'll have a ton of exposure to this game, but I do think I don't I'm I'm, like I said, if Deontay doesn't play, I don't like to chase scores. I hate chasing scores, but I don't think that Claypool is so chasey until they jack up his salary. I, I still think he's very playable if Deontay is out. And I think you got to even consider Kareem here uh, in a matchup that I normally avoid for running backs. It's not going to be a play I'm going to be all over, but the numbers say, you know, take your little cream in your coffee, you're going to be good. All right, so let's move on. That was awesome. Before we move on to the lightning round, I want to mention again, guys, um, you know, if you want to support this podcast, make sure you like and subscribe to this YouTube channel or Stitcher or iHeartRadio. Wherever you hear this, iTunes, make sure you're subscribing to it so that you'll get the next notification. Whenever we go live, we do this every week. We have a few different shows we do every week. Um, You're going to want that. Also, make sure, again, to check out our sponsor uh, for this show. That is No House Advantage, where you can play props for cash. Promo code ARMY. So there we go. Now, let's move on to the lightning round where we will take a quick look at all of the rest of the games of the week from a daily fantasy and sports betting angles perspective. The lightning round. All right, John, this one's a stinker. I'm not proud to even have to talk about it. We've got the Giants at home favored against the Reds, the uh, Washington team. 43.5 point total. Does anything stand out for you here from a betting angle on this game? Danny Dimes looks like he's going up against Kyle Allen. Dwayne Haskins hasn't even shown up ever since they benched him. He's, uh, he's not feeling well. So I don't know what the hell's going on with the Redskins, uh, Washington team, sorry. And uh, the Giant team has just looked terrible. Yeah, I gave this game out um, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday I gave it out because I wanted to catch this game before 
um, before the line moved, and I was. I know you to, love two and a half points, so we we must be betting. Uh, we must be taking the Giants here minus two. No, and a half. I got it. It was at three yesterday when I oh, gave it okay. out. So I wanted the three, which is why I gave it out early. Um, so I advised the, our guys to uh, jump on that plus the three, side. and it has yeah, and it has moved down to two and a half now. Um, so hopefully the subscribers got that in yesterday when it was still at three because this game was uh, three pretty much across the board. Um, yesterday, when Giants are just terrible. Game. I mean, they're so bad. The it's Giants look bad. Beat. Yeah, the offense is the offense is just bad. I mean, uh, you know that was the fear last week. They look like a really good stack uh, because you're playing Dallas, who had looked just equally bad uh, defensively. But you, I, I always get worried in those games because, um, you know, it takes two to tango. So you, it's hard to get. It's hard to use the worst. I, I don't care what the matchups were. Like the worst is the worst, um, and they and they were fine. Slayton was Slayton was good. Um, you know, so Slayton was good for us, and he was uh, a guy. Slayton that I came liked. through big game, and I actually like Slayton here as well. By yeah. the way, he's just he's the only guy that's well, making Shepard's plays. Gonna, Shepard's probably going to be back. I know Slayton's going to be their main guy anyway, but um, I think Shepard might be back this week. Um, I actually think that will bit. help. That'll help the Giants' offense as a whole. They just they do function a little bit better, but the Giants have the same problem the Jets do, which is they really do lack good players on offense, especially after losing Saquon Barkley. There's just there's just no one good on that offense. Um, taking a quick look at the power rankings, it's about as gross as I've ever seen. Yeah, it's terrible. Ranking. It's just horrific. You know, it, it's not- it's a game we're going to want to avoid. I mean, again, you could take the. If you want to just take uh, single pieces in this game, uh, McLaurin or, or Slayton or something like that. No, um, no, if you want to use Ingram, I don't no, want to take it, but no. the, the, but you're not stacking this game. L- um, let me let me. I'll bust this out real quick. McLaurin, James Bradbury. I've been telling you guys every week: do not play players who are getting covered by him. Number one wide receivers have not done well against the Giants, and then you take away McLaurin's college teammate, Dwayne Haskins. Bring in, um, you know. Kelly, it's 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 a no go for me right now. I don't like it. Um, the only player that I'm interested in, and it's only if the salary is right on the correct um, format and setting, is Antonio Gibson. You know, I, I do like his usage. They're they're throwing to him a little bit. He's an explosive player. So outside of an Antonio Gibson, this whole game is gross. Slayton, Gibson, and maybe. Washington defense. I don't know. Either defense exciting. I mean, I think either one could be used. Oh, the defense is definitely usable here um, yeah. because you're going to have. Uh, I assume we don't know yet with the Washington situation um, if we're going to get Kyle Allen. I guess we don't. We don't 100 percent know, but whether it's Allen, I mean Smith historically not great to target against. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty efficient with the ball. I think it's going to be Allen playing. But I, if I it is Allen, I'll feel Allen. a lot better about taking the uh, taking the giant defense. Um, yeah. So the, both, yeah, you, both defenses both, are in play. Yeah, both have played well. Um, all right, next game. On the lightning round, we've got the Bears at the Panthers. Panthers, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Bears looking great this season so far. But um, does anything stand out to you here? 45-point game total. Uh, It's on the low side, in my opinion, considering uh, Panthers' defense hasn't been very good. Uh, You know, Bears, they got Foles in there. Maybe they're a little bit better with him in there compared to before. Um, And it's got that magical two-and-a-half number that I know uh, you like to really focus on so um does anything stand out here uh panthers minus two and a half is that um a spot we should target um i'm not i'm not too uh, excited about either side of this game i think the total is a bit low 
Um, and I think I think the Bears are basically driving that total down on both sides of the ball. So I think the Bears' uh, defense look, looked uh, they look really good against uh, Tampa. But again, I mean, when you have a team like the Bears who can put pressure on the quarterback, playing a, basically a guy who who can't move, um, they're gonna look they're gonna look um, even better than they have. So I think this is a match. I, I kind of I'm kind of leaning on the over in this game. I think I think we'll get more points in this game than we think. I think Foles is gonna continue to get better as well in this offense. I don't know. I mean, Chicago quarterbacks have burned me in the past, um, but. I, 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 I want to see Foles in this. You know, last week I thought it was a tough matchup. This is his third week now. I, I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see how he looks here in uh, in this game, a game that he should be able to put points up. I I surprisingly like a lot of pieces from the Bears. I never like the Bears pieces. I like a lot of pieces from the Bears this week. I, I don't like a I, great matchup. I love Montgomery, man. I don't like him. I love him this week, and I've never loved David Montgomery. Where's David Montgomery? His cousin's out there. He hangs out. It's tough to love David Montgomery um, in this match. Robinson's the piece I, I really like in this. In this I mean, game. I love a Let me let me let me convince you here. Without Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery in a terrible matchup against a Tampa defense that stops the run, eight targets, seven receptions. They throw to him. Scored a uh, uh, got you know didn't do much in, in the um, in the running game, and he never does. But uh, I just love the target game work. I mean, you're going to give me a cheap running back that is thrown to. I like that. And that's the excitement for me about David Montgomery. I, I mean, I'm not going all in, but at 5,800, for example, on DraftKings, I think that's a good price for a starting running back on a team like this. I do. I think it's a good price. Um, Allen Robinson, of course, I love. And that's it. No other passing uh, from the Bears. And I think with the Panthers, it's not the best of situations for any of them. Um, they've been on fire. Their salaries are up based on performances. Mike Davis. Uh, do we know? Is Chris McCaffrey due back? I mean, there's not some discussion. Week. Not this week? I, I don't believe he'll be playing this week. Some discussion. And, and you know, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, we love them all. But um, and, and I love the condensed offense here. We'll have to take a look um, a little deeper to see if any of those guys who are now currently priced up very high relative to kind of where they were earlier in the season. They've had a bunch of great matchups. They've all produced. So there may be a little bit of hesitation. And I might have some hesitation. I mean, what do you do with Mike Davis priced up like a stud? You know, he's getting he's getting very close to McCaffrey-type touches in these games. I mean, uh, he, he's got to be one of the top options, Davis, with the amount of, uh, you know. Man. I know it's hard to the, mentally get there. It's it's well, the build. It's the it's the Bears. A good defense. Well, that's the that's the problem. It's the Bears. So he's he's definitely not in as nice a situation as we saw earlier, Henry or, or Madison. So right there is going to knock down his ownership. He's yeah. So that's down. it's it's going to knock the ownership down quite a bit because yeah. you're going to be. Um, I know I'm going to be high on both of those. So my personal ownership will be lower here on uh, on Davis yeah. in this game. But um, I think gonna throw, on the whole, gonna, that's going to that's going to put a weight on Davis's ownership. I'm going to throw DraftKings up here just so you see the salaries. I don't know if you, it's if it's visible here. Yeah, but if you look at this grouping, you've got Henry, Madison, Connor, Mike Davis, Cream Hunt, Robinson, and Sanders. I mean, they're all about the same price. And and yeah, and your finger is going to naturally go towards Henry and Madison here. It's just where it's going to go. Yeah, looking at that list, I don't. He's probably not even my third option, Davis. Um, just just looking at that. So, yeah, it, 
That's where your finger is going to go. It's going to go yeah, to those two. His, they're, they're, they're just more studly. Yeah, his ownership will definitely be uh, fairly depressed this week. All right, let's move on to the next game on the lightning round. Um, there's not that many games here. We're getting to it. Um, we got the Bengals. We got the Colts. 47-point game total. Colts coming in as pretty significant eight-point uh, home favorites. And, you know, the Bengals are coming off a game where, I mean, they were just they were just wallumped. They were wallumped by the Ravens. That's what the Ravens do. So, you know, rookie quarterback, got a rookie lesson. You know, got the vet, got the rookie lesson in. Hey, you don't fuck with the Ravens. We're we're a very serious defense, and the Ravens didn't need to do much offensively in that game. Now you got the Colts who who want to smack you in the face, knock you around a little bit, run the football, and and just kind of um, play slow, limit opposing scoring. Number one, from a betting angle's point of view, eight point spread, um, a little high or about right for you. Uh, I think this game's. I think it's in the right. I think we're in the right ballpark here with the with the eight. Um, it didn't it didn't shock me one way or the other when I when I saw that number. Uh, the forty seven, you know, forty seven right now, forty six and a half. Uh, as we talked about, that's that's actually a pretty low number in uh, today's NFL. So we're looking at this game being under average, which is probably why we're not too excited over it. Just the Colts have just been not a, this from a DFS standpoint. The Colt games have just been not good at all. Uh, I don't anticipate this game getting much better. Um, from a from a DFS standpoint, so I would I would be looking at and if you, if you look at pace, I believe the Colts. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look, but I believe the Colts are the slowest pace in uh, in football. So it's just a lot of negatives in this game. I wouldn't I wouldn't get too excited about this uh, on any any one side for uh, for fan. and Taylor has just not been good. Like the, the we're expecting some rushing yards here, but it's I, I have a feeling it won't all be. It won't all be Taylor, so I can't get I can't even get behind the, a running back in a game where I've got a touchdown favorite. Um, you know where normally we might like to uh, to have the running back in a, in a situation like this, but I don't know. I mean Taylor, this should be a good spot for him, but I don't. I, I just don't trust the uh, I, I don't trust the talent or the usage right now. Man, it it you you fucking nailed it, man. It should be, but can we trust? Jonathan Taylor in this spot. I can't deal with the the Colts pass catchers at all, to be clear. I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't like it. I don't want anything to do with it. So you take a look at Jonathan Taylor, and, you know, we had such high hopes for this young man. Um, 12 carries last week. Only barely any passing game work. 17-13. The numbers have not been there for Taylor to where we can trust him. doesn't mean he can't have a breakout game, John. He, you know, it, it could happen. He could. I'm, I'm just not um, in, in the, the, the little bit that I've watched. He just hasn't shown a whole lot. He hasn't shown a lot of uh, elusiveness. Um, he's just kind of a run right at you and try to break tackles type of type of guy. He's not running. Uh, I'm, I'm not seeing him bouncing out and, you know, hitting the, he's just kind of hitting the hole that, that the play was designed for. I don't. I was wondering in the passing game if they trust him enough, and maybe that's why he's not out there um, from a from a maybe from a blocking perspective. I don't know. I haven't watched it close enough to see, but he's just not getting enough. Uh, he's just not getting enough catches in the passing game or targets in the passing game for me. I don't like to judge it. I don't like to say you know uh, he's not good at this or that. All I know is he's not getting that work, and and so he's not getting the work. I mean, uh, Jonathan Wilkins is being brought in. They got Naeem Hines in there. The snap share isn't there. So it just is what it is. 
can't be trusted. But that doesn't preclude him from having a big game. But just again, the way he's salaried on DraftKings, it doesn't come together. You're not going to pay the same for Jonathan Taylor that you're going to pay for Kareem Hunt or 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 you know Derrick Henry, you know, or Alexander Madison. It's just not as good. I mean, the the cash plays are super clear for me at running back uh, for the most part. All right, let's move on to the next game in the lightning round. Ravens taking on the Eagles. Ravens road seven and a half point favorites. Game total 47 and a half, John. And here's the deal. I think we learned something about what's going on with the Ravens last week. And and what we learned is this phenomenon from last year where they would beat up on a bad team and just put points on them nonstop, have um, Lamar Jackson out there running around like a lunatic, even when they're up 38, 45 to, to three. That's th- that era is done. They didn't run him even once last week. They were in a blowout against the Bengals. And they basically said Lamar, who was coming off some sort of a knee injury, and I do believe that that knee injury lingers and is still affecting him. They said, Lamar, don't don't take chances anymore. We're going to do that when we need it. But right now, um, the analogy I used, where I don't know if you were if I did that on the Wolfpack, where I where I compared him to an MMA fighter who's really great at grappling and takedowns, but who's against like a shitty opponent. So he's like, I'm going to test my striking against this guy. And you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, this guy that is just a wrestler is out there, you know, throwing strikes and winning. And like, oh, wow, that opponent must be so bad that they don't even give a shit. They're out there, you know, doing what they're not that good at just to see how it goes. Like, I kind of use that analogy um, here. Now you take on the Eagles, who... They're they're probably the most up and down team in the league for me. I you know one week they look not bad, the next week they look absolutely horrific. Um, I, I lean towards the horrible. I just do. I kind of lean towards that they suck. Really, they suck. But you know, then they look pretty good the next week. So maybe they're. I don't know. Um, does anything stand out about the line here? Ravens coming in at, at you know, but also at seven and a half point favorite, but also. Do you see any real fantasy relevant action in this game? Because I don't. Uh, I'm with you on that. So just on the the line, I think that's probably uh, the line is in a spot where it probably needs to be. I'm not overly excited um, about this game at all on either side. Um, I think maybe just from a if if you're into teasers, maybe teasing the, the Baltimore side down, uh, that would be about it. But uh, uh, I could get behind an under on this game as well. I think I think what you you were saying earlier is spot on with Lamar, um, and I I've warned everybody about these quarterbacks. As soon as you see some sort of a lower body injury to guys like Lamar, Mahomes, um, even you know Russ, any of these guys who, and I'm not calling them running quarterbacks, right? Because Mahomes is not a running quarterback; he's just a quarterback who can run. But look at all the great plays that these guys make. They don't make them like. They don't make the plays sitting in the pocket, taking a five-step drop, and then hitting. It's always they take the five-step drop. There's a little pressure. They roll out. They run. Then they make the big play. When they don't have that that part of their game, they can't play like Brady or Rivers and those guys who played the, pretty much their whole career. They because they just haven't had it. They don't have you know they they never were handicapped in that way. Um, so be careful playing guys. Uh, who have leg into these, these young quarterbacks who run really well um, and run to throw. 
be careful playing them when they have leg injuries. And yeah, that said, it, it, yeah, I want to to add to that. You don't necessarily know, like what happened with Russell Wilson. Hey, he's playing. All right, he must be fine. That one season, and he just wasn't himself. He couldn't scramble around exactly as you said. He wasn't producing. And even if they tell us that Lamar Jackson's fine, you know the knee is okay. Knee issues linger, and we can't really 100% trust. I think, John, that we almost need to see it at this point from Lamar to believe it is, yeah. is where I'm going with it. If you, I don't if you look at my number, I, 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 I updated that page. If you if you uh, refresh it, I fixed it to uh, Philly, but from off of Pittsburgh. But if you look, just look at Baltimore. I mean, they've just been uh, just horrible in the uh, from in passing passing numbers. He's here, off. So you know, he's not. He's uh, one before I heard about the the um, the knee injury. What I was saying to people is, it looks like Lamar has. I actually wrote this in my notes. It looks like Lamar has regressed in his passing. Again, do do quarterbacks actually regress, or could this be a lingering knee injury that's kind of caused his accuracy to go off? I mean, the miss of Marquise Brown on that Monday night game. That's just not a pass that that Lamar should be missing. Um, I've seen a lot of those, and it seems right now that the primary guy, because he's big and he's kind of in the middle of the field, is is just going to be Mark Andrews. That they're just going to hammer hammer it to Andrews uh, because he's a giant target, and you know he's the best touchdown scorer on that team. Let's see what the um, updated numbers show. Yeah, I mean, look at this rushing total for Philly, man. It's gross, and this whole game, not good, not good. I don't want anything to do with this. Um, no, it's a big no for me. It's just a big no. Don't don't fuck with this game. Is that fair? I would I would agree. Move on. Yeah. Let's. Oh, I'm not even showing that on screen. But yeah, it's it's a big. Yeah, I'm pointing at it as if you could see it. But it's a big no. Um. So, yeah, don't fuck with that game, guys. All right, let's move on to the next one. Broncos, Patriots. I'm surprised that they even. <laughs> put a line on this game because we're not sure if Drew Locke is going to play. It's going to be one of these other turds. It's not clear, but um, Patriots coming in as massive nine and a half point home favorites. I love Patriots defense in this spot, regardless of who the quarterback is for either team. But I do think Cam Caron Newton will be back. He should be back. He's got plenty of time now, and he, he was asymptomatic. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a problem with him. Yeah. Now, uh, what do you say? Does do you see anything in the line here that stands out in terms of um of interest? Maybe that maybe that total of forty six. I know I know game totals have been high this season, but man, I'm gonna play the under a little bit. Well, that's a relatively you know when you get these big uh, big lines with a low total, it's typically a it it's typical um, that you'd like to have the the dog in in that game. Um, so so if the dog wins, it's typically gonna go under. And if the favorite wins, the game is likely to go over. That's just, you know, obviously that's not a hard and fast rule. But a lot of times in games where you have a high spread with a low total, you're you're, if the game stays low scoring, of the, course it, it it lends to the to the underdog so having a, a shot in the game. Just to get my head around it, the dog winning in this game meaning they turn it into a disgusting. Um, defensive yeah, it's affair. A 20, yeah, 2013 type of game. Yeah, it's not, neither not team is scoring exciting. a whole lot, and the right. dog comes through in the end. Yeah, if the game goes yeah. over, typically then it's, uh, you know, then we're looking at a game where New England maybe scores, you know, 27, 30 points and gets this game, you know, 30, 20 or something like that, and, and the game goes over. Um, Would a so, typical yeah. parlay in a game like this just be well, betting um, the under and taking the underdog? Yeah, I mean, you could. There, there actually was what was called correlated parlays. Um, and you'd really 
couldn't find them in the NFL, but you get them in college weekly. Um, you can't play them anymore. But uh, no um, books allow this, right? They, they won't allow it anymore. There used to be a way that you would just make a ton of money. You would actually do that. So you would uh, the correlated parlay was on the. Uh, uh, forgive me, I'm not going to get the math uh, 100% right, but you needed to be about one-third of the, so the spread had to be about one-third of the total. So if you had like a 60-point total with a 20-point spread, you'd see those in college quite a bit. Then then you could have a correlated parlay there, so you could bet the favorite and the over or bet the under and the uh, dog in two different parlays, and it would actually be plus money over time, which is I want to learn. They don't, they don't allow those anymore. I want to learn what all these correlated parlays were that are disallowed. And I want to, I want to understand that. So we'll, we'll take that for another day because yeah. I'm fascinated, fascinated by it. And I do believe that things that sports books disallow are things that we should be targeting in DFS because they are allowed. So you got to figure out a way to translate how yeah, to do you'd have to. So again, yeah. So if you, if you do like, uh, you know, if you like the Denver side of this game, I would just say that's probably going to be a low scoring game, which, you know, and, and quite frankly, new England has just not been a great team. Um, and obviously Denver has not been a great team in DFS. So this is not a game I'm particularly excited about. The- High total, you know, we just and, – and get off – again, we've got to get off the notion, as we saw before with the Giants and Jets and things like that, those are teams that are generally big underdogs. you got to get off the notion of, well, they're going to be losing, so they're going to be throwing. They also suck. Yeah, they, they can't throw. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be losing because they suck. Yeah. So it's not – you know, it's, it's a lot different when – Dallas with Dak is losing and you're like, well, this is, you know, this is great because he's just going to throw the ball every time for 500 yards. This is, you know, when you've got bad, you know, Denver is a bad offense just because they throw the, they're, they're down in this game, two touchdowns. doesn't mean they're going to actually move the ball. The Jets so. throwing has meant virtually right. nothing. Like, exactly. It's really exciting to have to roster a wide receiver who got 11 targets and caught three of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is why there's certain teams like, like Atlanta, who can really, in my opinion, you know, they're not one of the worst. They're they're a five hundred type of team. Whatever. The uh, offensively, be. I think they're a good offense, and defensively, yeah. they're a very bad. Um, exactly, but it's a team that can play with other right. So it's yeah. not a team that uh, it, they're not the Jets who just are just struggling. You know, the Jets have killed me from a betting standpoint. We'll get to them. Okay. Uh, soon, not betting on the Jets. I'm you can't. Uh, I have teams Stop. like that every year, unfortunately. Stop. But All yeah, right. this is a game we can't get too excited about. Denver, and then we've got the, also you got the DUI with Melvin Gordon. So it's pr- I don't know if he's going to play this weekend. We'll have it's plenty more time game. to figure the it out. The only thing in play here, we don't need to get into it. The only thing from a fantasy standpoint that you want to do here is play uh, Patriots defense. That's it. That's it. Move on. Don't touch this game. Um, no cam. He's got no cam. No nothing. I don't want no. it. Um, Jets, Dolphins, 48 point total. Dolphins, giant. Oh, oh how, oh where things have gone. Dolphins, nine and a half point favorites. This is crazy. Coming in to put a beating on the Jets, by the way. The Jets are one of the worst teams I've ever really gotten the displeasure of watching play. Um, I've been a Jets fan. You're a Jets fan, I think, or at least you're. No, 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 You're, no. you're a watcher of. No, I'm from New York, but I'm. But I've watched. <laughs> watched plenty. You've of You've watched Jet enough games. Jets. I'm a Jets fan. Yeah. I saw a great letter. There was a great open letter that Gangrene Nation sent to Chris Johnson that if you guys can like Google that and find it, it really is amazing. It really talks about how Jets fan, listen, we're willing to suffer with this team. We're Jets, we're the most loyal, but all we ever asked for was hope. All we ever asked for was at least a glimmer of hope. And they said, Chris Johnson, you've you've taken that from us. 
And for the first time in decades, Jets fans don't give a shit if the team loses. They don't actually watch the games anymore. I, I went a streak of, you know, 35, 40 years, like some number of years without missing a Jets game. And now I don't even watch them because it's, it's, it's painful and it's horrible to watch this team. They ruin the quarterback. They, the, the offense is disgusting. They fire. They, instead of firing Gaze, they, they release Le'Veon Bell. Wait, it wasn't bad enough we got rid of Jamal Adams, our best defensive player? The only good player on our offense. I don't want to say our best. The only good player on the Jets' offense was Le'Veon Bell. He was the only guy who was talented. Actually, no, we made sure to get rid of Robbie Anderson. for. I mean, it's like... It's not believable what they've done. Why? Uh, again, I'm going to make an appeal, guys, and please write in. Kevin Allen for GM of the New York Jets. Please let me fix this team, Chris Johnson. I can help. Okay? I can be 10 times better than what's going on. I'm not saying I'm the best, but I, I can do better than what you've got. I will give you guys hope. Somebody write in the campaign, man. I, I, I think I need to be in charge of that team. I'll have to give up the FS Army to John to do it. I'm willing. Well, I'm hoping you don't get the job then. Uh, you have to take it over. <laughs> uh, all right. So Jets are terrible. Dolphins going to put a beating on them. Is there anything here from a pen? I know you're betting the Jets again because you like punishment. Listen, you, you know, if uh, this the, every year this happens, and typically with the words, just because the way the, the my model uh, tends to work is um, it likes to come off of teams playing after one or two bad games. And so obviously it's going to wind up hammering the Jets. So I get this every year. I, I wind up betting um, it, you know, I'll bet a team that just loses a ton of games and everyone will say almost every year I get questions from somebody like, why are you, why are you betting this team? They're trying to lose, which I, 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 I don't buy. Certainly players don't try to lose. That's that's for sure, and I don't think coaches ever try to lose. Now, management may try to lose by getting rid of players, but once those guys get on the field, teams don't try to lose. Now, you know, I don't, I don't really think, uh, I don't, I don't think the Jet players are, are hoping that they get Trevor Lawrence, right? So that's not, you know, the again, the GM or whoever. Uh, I don't think the coach GM. or the GM wants it either because they won't be here. They won't be here to see it. Yeah. So, but you just see it with I hear I hear it so often. They're like, "Oh, that team's just tanking to get the you know." Miami was tanking until they weren't. You know, Carolina was tanking until they weren't. You know, Carolina's going to be the worst team. Of the year. well, we'll figure it out. But the way it looks right now, yeah, the Jets are in contention here. Carolina the worst is team in the not. League. No, but the people Jets were talking the Giants about are the worst teams in the league this I year. I heard people saying Carolina's going to tank so they can get the quarterback. I heard that you know? too. But and that, then, but that now Carolina's way. trying to make the playoffs. So. You know, it's just you just don't know until you in, in, until it all plays out. Um, but yeah, the Jets don't look very good. But I think this is—I mean, it's a lot of points. This is out of the blue. Like, okay, Miami, great—you uh, know, great performance last week. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with San Francisco. More, um, not—I don't want to say more than San Miami because Miami's defense. played well. San Francisco yeah, has not defense. played well. San Francisco offensively has looked just really, really bad. Uh, yeah. Garoppolo in and out, uh, running backs kind of injured. But yeah, I mean, there's no excuse. Uh, yeah. I was shocked by the yeah, that was. You know, I, I'm never shocked in the NFL when someone loses. I think the way they lost that game was was the most shocking. I mean, that game was over before it even started. So, yeah, okay, Miami's Miami's look good. I I, I mean, this is a big number. Um, I, I'm going to be surprised if they cover this number. I'll just put it that way on this there game. We go. But I so, but I, I I think I think Crowder's uh, I think Crowder is actually playable in this game. Uh, Flacco's in, man. It's Flacco. It's not I know. Arnold. I know. It's so brutal. 
I, I don't I don't think I can get there with Jets players. I don't even know who the running back Frank Gore never does well. Le- Michael P. Ryan, no. So I'm giving you Crowder. Line, Crowder as my lightly owned sub five percent owned player. You, you know what my problem well. with Crowder is? You know what you, you know what my real problem with Crowder is? It's just that he's not that cheap. I, I, I they've he's sixty one hundred. He's the same price as yeah. No, no, no. He's not a he, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can't do it's it. It's not a John. bargain basement. It's it's. I'm gonna play Kenny Galladay. Oh, over, well, Galladay. Listen, Galladay is Galladay. I love. I'm just giving Galladay. you a pick of a guy I, I, who no one's gonna no one's gonna tell who I think is gonna have a good week. He could, and and again, I have him on my fantasy team and my season long. I'm gonna continue to start him. He's been great, but like I'm gonna play Galladay. Oh, Galladay's yeah, I love over him. One of my favorite plays same, this week. It's the same, and and on the on the Miami side, you know, Miles Gaskin. Gaskin's in a great matchup. Yes, I like Mike Miles Gaskin here. He's been looking good. Um, Devontae Parker every week. Mike Gusecki. I think all of the pieces on Miami look good. And if the Jets can make it competitive, even Fitzpatrick. But I will note, and this is important to note, in the power rankings, the Bible of what will happen on a week-to-week basis, guys. It does not, like, the Jets are not a team that you're supposed to necessarily target teams against. They have led to negative or, or poor fantasy output to opponents so it's something to keep in mind but beyond that beyond that 264 yards 120 yards rushing you know the projections are pretty decent for miami's overall offensive production it's just that when you go to the main power rankings you know the it's the jets are not that team that stands out as like oh they're a scrub they're a minus 37 it's not a a i need to stay away 100 percent can't mess with this but a lot of that number is because their offense is so shitty that they just can't score enough to force the other team to score. So if we think the game is going to be close, if we're going to bet that to happen, then you can get a little more exposure, uh, I think, on the Miami side more than anything. I think on the Jets side, it's just disgusting with with um, Joe Flacco in there. And I don't mind Miami defense either, by the way. Oh, it, obviously Miami defense is in play here. But I think the Jet defense... Cheap. Oh, I didn't even show it on screen. I haven't even looked it. at the prices. I would imagine the Jet defense is fairly cheap, but they'll they'll be. Um, I never mind targeting against uh, a defense against Fitzpatrick because, like I said, he's he's as up and down as any quarterback in the league. So you could get a big game from him. Yeah, and uh, we could easily get three picks from him. So e- either side works. That's that's that scenario where the Jets actually come out, cover the spread, and maybe even win this game, ruin our hopes of Trevor Lawrence. Again, it's a. It's a divisional matchup that does tend to play closer. Um, just in general, you know, Gase used to coach Miami. This is a little bit of a revenge factor. It could be his last game coaching the Jets for all we know. So, you know, Fitz, what about think, Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick used to play for the Jets. He, I don't think he's he played for everybody though. He played yeah. for everybody. You yeah. can't. There's no revenge. But yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. And by the way, that will do it for the lightning round, and that will do it for the Sunday main slate of games, John. Um, really exciting. I like fewer games. I do better with fewer games. I'm going to just straight up tell you. my I like the showdowns. Uh, I like the two-game slates. I love the Thanksgiving three-day slates. The, the, I, more games, more slates. I got to find myself a Chase Claypool. I don't like it. It never happens. So I, I like these smaller slates and with fewer games that are exciting. I think we've got some pretty close to lock running back plays, certainly in cash. I think I know how I'm going to go in cash already, and it's it's Wednesday. So that's really unusual. And um, I think we're going to have a, a really fun week. A couple reminders, like and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you check out No House Advantage. 
And um, if you sign up over there, use promo code ARMY, it gets you a deposit match of, I believe, $20. So you play those games over there for 20 bucks. You also get a free month of DFS Army for non-DFS Army members when you sign up for No House Advantage. Check out our free offer promotion page on DFSArmy.com to find out more about that. If you want John's picks this weekend, guys, and this is the most important thing I'm going to tell you. Not just John's picks. You get my MMA picks. If, you if you're a sports better and you want to get tips from pros, guys who are tracked, guys who have a winning record, we checked it out. If you were just signed up two weeks ago and you bet $100 units, you'd be up about $1,700 in the last week, week and a half. Um, uh, or in the, Over the past two weeks, I think it was, John, um, just following the, the tips from the pros over at Sportsbet Army, guys. Sports gambling, it's a lot easier to do than DFS. There is a lower learning curve. You just pretty much follow the picks, and we'll teach you things like EV and probabilities and a lot of the stuff that goes into sports gambling that you don't know. I also want to mention um, our Mud, uh, Mudnick, uh, Mud, who is putting out prop bets for us, went like 10 for 11 the other night. There's a lot of action going on over at sportsbetarmy.com, so go I'm, check that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm sweating out tennis from uh, from Cologne right now. I mean, so we've got a match going on right now. We're up. Uh, we won. We won our tennis match earlier today, and uh, we've got uh, Harris right now up up a set and uh, up four three right now in the second set. So where else are you going to get awesome tennis picks from Cologne? That's how it goes in Sportsbet Army. So go check that out. Um, sign up as a sports bet army VIP. You get a chat. You can ask John questions. You get in the chat with Ryan fight on, um, 2016 with Anthony P he's got a full system. Everybody is model based picks as well. We're not just a bunch of dudes picking what looks good. These are model based picks and they have track record of success. You got to check it out. I'm telling you it's awesome. It's a great place to be in. It's a great place to learn how to bet on sports. If you don't know how, about how to get a sports book or how to bet, or if you're not in one of the states, just DM any of us and we can help you with that. Hit up John at Statsational on Twitter. He'll let you know where to go, what to do, how to get a couple free months of Sports Bet Army. We're not. We. I'd rather you put money in your sports book rather than pay us. You know the forty nine ninety nine a month. Put it in there. We'll get you a few free months, um, and we'll teach you hopefully how to be a profitable sports better. Have fun with it. And, you know, watch games with a little rooting interest. So it's really awesome stuff. And, of course, get signed up as DFS Army as a VIP for all of my DFS content, John's tools, everything we got going on, the optimizer projection. We're adding something new, guys. Um, spoiler alert. We're adding a new tool. We've been adding tools like crazy because we level up beyond every other site in the industry. There's a reason why six DFS Army members took first place in the showdown on Monday night. John, is that normal? That's six not normal. Members? No, is that normal, normal for you? No, I mean, uh, let me tell you, just in all my sports, I've gotten so much better since uh, joining you guys, just because no matter how much you think you know, you don't know everything. And uh, you you're, you're don't have all the time in the day to do the research that all these guys are doing. John's one of the top pros in the world. For him to say that, it, it means a lot. And and I just want, we're, we've been adding tools like crazy because you have to do that to maintain the edge. And we have to do that because in DFS Army, we don't have the distinctions of having like a media personalities or a bunch of fucking, you know, um, names that you've heard of, uh, you know, fantasy well, football guys. Let, let, let me tell you this. So when you watch the Food Channel, are those the best chefs in the world? No, that, not well, typically. Right. They're the they're just very they're very good at doing a cooking show. But your best chefs in the world 
are the best chefs in the world. Like, they're in the they, kitchen. They, yeah, they, they're and, not the ones who are doing, uh, you know, the, the shows on TV. So um, that's what I like about, uh, you know, the guys over at the in the DFSR. There's so many really bright guys um, putting out really good information. So, like I said, I've I've learned myself um, just in football, just listening to guys like Burns and, uh, you know. And, well, and, and, let and, me tell you what's coming. This tool, we're calling it the Research Lab. It's going to take what was the research station concept and take it to the next level, a full lab, click on players, you get background information, multiple years. Our database has been, we've been working on this for so long. So the database is spectacular. We, we, um, we actually partnered with um, someone that brought us a new technology that we never heard of before. We just demoed it and it is coming very, very soon. The uh, research lab is gonna be for all sports. It's gonna blow your fucking mind. It's gonna level up the FS Army. Um, tools and content beyond all other sites so uh, and of course we're we're for, for anybody who's not subscribed we're at half the price like part of the thing that i did with dfs army is we priced it to make it affordable to average players you know we, we have the theme turning average joes in um to dfs pros competing on a level playing field and we've stuck with that as many as there are lots of pros in here and trust me there are i watch the i know who's who subscribes and the pros they subscribe but they probably subscribe to all sites, not taking credit. But we priced our site for average Joe to be able to afford it. It's half the price of other sites um, that are do half the content that we do. So I'm not going to name those other sites, but I'm telling you, we are half the price of all those other sites for a reason. Because I still I want to be affordable. I don't want to just be a site for people who can afford $89.99 a month for, for sport. That's a lot of money. I get it. And that's why we keep ours, our subscriptions where, we, where they are. Again, it used these promo codes that we have on VIP for now until we change it, um, which we'll be changing very soon. But for now, you're still getting VIP covering all sports, everything we do, content, chat, everything on the DFS side. For It, it comes out to $39.99 after the promo code. You got to do that. Promo code GEEK. Get signed up now because we're also switching to a new model that while it will reduce the cost of individual sports, the combination of all sports together is going to go up a little bit. And that's because everybody's asking us to do individual sports. So... I'm happy to do it as well. You know, our MMA team, our NASCAR team, our our um, our niche sports, our PJ team—they're all really spectacular, and I think best in the industry. So, you know, we're gonna have individual subs for people who just want those. Of course, our NFL team fucking kicks ass, takes names. Um, we'll have an individual sub for that as well. So, lots of good things coming. Sorry, Bory, with all of the promotional, but needed to mention that and be on the lookout for the DFS Army Research Lab set to launch within the next week. It's going to blow your fucking minds. I'll do a demo. And good luck this week, week three. We'll be back on Friday with the DFS Army Wolfpack, where a team of DFS Army pros will get together as a roundtable, go over some tournament approaches for the slate. And as always, I'll be back, DFS Army VIPs only, for the Players Club Saturday podcast, where we bring it all together. We'll talk cash games. We'll talk handcrafted three max type lineups. And we will really get down to all the research of the week put it all together, and get deep into the DFS plays that help you guys smash on Sunday. For John Statsational, Alicia, and myself, Kevin Allen, good luck this week, everybody. Thanks for joining us.